Welcome here to uh, Living Hope. My name is Pastor Mona Stevens. I'm the lead pastor here. Welcome to those that are online. Uh, we really do have a whole lot of things to say. say thank you, Lord, for. We just finished our Thanksgiving, and it just seems that I haven't been behind this pulpit for a few weeks, uh, and it, I guess it's because I haven't. So, so today is a lovely day for me. I always love doing what God has asked me to do. So I'm here today to start a new series called Know Your Purpose. Know Your Purpose. Um, you know, I, I sense this morning that many of you come and maybe don't understand or underestimate the privilege of being in his presence. When we worship a great king like this, he comes. He says that he actually surrounds and he, he delights in us singing songs to him. So this morning, he's already here. He's already here. And I'm hoping that your heart will be open to hear what he has for you. Uh, because I think during this series, I think we are going to have a discovery of who God is and what we have been called to do. You see, it's not just me. It's all of Every one of you, whomever is here today who's never been here and you've not known who God is, today I hope that you meet up with the same God that I'm going to be talking about today. So we're going to, uh, you're going to open your Bibles. Um, as a matter of fact, you're going to wait. I, I've got a lot of scriptures to give you today, so actually get your pen and a piece of paper, and you need to take down these scriptures because some of us need to be solid what our purpose is. And I'm going to give you a, a firm foundation before we start this series. I don't know how long we're going to be preaching it. Uh, Sarah reminded me, you know, that the other one that we did was a part 16. And <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Uh, but, you know, I thank the Lord that we are able to expound on his wonderful word. Amen? And because it is only this word that we teach from, and that is a blessing in itself. So again, welcome for welcome that you've come today. I hear that you, I hope that you are coming uh, expecting uh, the Lord to speak to you. You see, I do believe that you are not here by accident. Today, you woke up. Today, you came, you got dressed, and you came here to the house of the Lord. Many of us would have decided in the days of old, before Jesus, that we would be actually sleeping in. And many of us would have not recognized that there was something to be had and to be done that day. But today you chose to come. Today you chose to click on to the internet to find out what is God? What is this all about? Know your purpose. God has designed you uh, uh, with a purpose here on earth and he has equipped you to sp specifically to fulfill it. And, you know, I, I love this uh, quote from Chip Ingram. Let, let me read it to you. It says, God has shaped and prepared you to play a unique role in each step of your story. Each step of your story, story is a unique role. You have a design that will bring glory to God, to share the grace of God with others, and extend the reign of God, his kingdom, further. See, understanding your unique destiny starts with understanding what the Bible says about your purpose as one of God's people. When we know our purpose, it helps us to clarify why we exist. So many of us, we're so defined by so many things, but we don't know why we exist. If we know our purpose, it captures the heart of why we are here on earth and why Jesus died for us. If we are defined by purpose in our life, we need to understand that we don't think because this is what we think. It's because of what God says. 
When we know our purpose, it anchors our life in the character and the call of God over our lives. Many times things, because you and I can also write a book, but how many times that the ebbs and flows of life, meaning you get a phone call and everything has gone south. You know, we make our plans and a lot of times we just don't see the connection. What's the purpose behind this storm? What's the purpose behind this heartache, this burden, this grief, this loss? What's the purpose? But when we know that there's a greater purpose in that, it anchors us because sometimes we're tossed to and fro in a lot of the storms in our life. It anchors us. It also clarifies the non-negotiables. When I know why God has called me out to do, there are certain things I just won't, I won't pass. Certain things that I, I, I'll put a line down and I won't, I, won't, I won't go to the other side. There are times when I get hurt and betrayed or when I get something and it, it hits me to the core. Have you ever had that? You know, you get a word spoken to you or something that calls you out and, and it's, it's not done in grace. It's not done in love. And all of a sudden, you're... you're, you're it hits you to the quick. You know, you just, you just want to respond back. But there are certain things that are non-negotiables for me. And one of it is to walk in unforgiveness. It's a non-negotiable. I realize that if I walk in bitterness and unforgiveness, the purposes of God will, will actually take a turn. I will not be able to walk and understand what God is doing. See, when we know purpose identifies that nothing, when God sets in motion something, it doesn't change, regardless of our circumstances. You see, our circumstances as children of God should never define us, but they do reveal what we're all about. Huh? The way you respond or react to a certain situation, they reveal what we're really believing, what we are actually prioritizing in our life, what we have actually put our confidence in. See, in this series, Know Your Purpose, our prayer for you is that you will see your purpose in God's story. You are part of something infinitely bigger than your own lives. You know, we're so, so self-centered and so self-motivated that we forget there's a bigger picture, beloved. There's a bigger story. See, no one understands you and I better than God. He knows you far more profoundly than you could ever think or know of yourself. In fact, the Lord knows what you were created to be and all the great things he could accomplish through you if you were surrendered, if you have surrendered yourself to him. See, a lot of times we love the idea of God. We love the idea that we exist. We love the idea that we're created, but we don't want to be told how to walk. We don't want to be told what to say yes to and no. And so we find ourselves not understanding the big story, that we're part of something much bigger than us. For some here, as you go through this series, you'll discover God's plan of salvation. It's a free plan for you. It's already been purchased. God has already redeemed you because of what Jesus has done. So you're going to discover that as you walk along. And if you so decide to come, Remember, it is not a mistake. If God is drawing you to him, he's making a plan for you to discover who he is because he loves you. And for others here, you will discover that God designed you for a specific purpose. But you will come to also come to the conclusion that you cannot find it or achieve it on your own. See, Proverbs 19, 21 says this, many are the plans 
in the man's in man's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I need you to remember that. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. See, the definition of purpose is this. This is uh, one of the dictionaries that says this. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. You see, I was created for a purpose. See, God had a plan for each and every one of us. And sometimes it takes us a long time because we move away from the things that God has for us where he wants, to dis- he wants you to discover what's the design you know, behind what you're going through, but we're so stubborn and we're so unwilling to let God and to trust him in, the, in, that, in that situation that we actually fix it in ourselves. We try to control it. We try to mend it. We try to do things, but God has a plan. He has a purpose for everything. I saw this other definition of purpose. It says the central motivating aims of your life. What is your central motivating aims? What motivates you? The reasons why you get up in the morning. Have you ever asked yourselves that? People in this world are wondering, what's their purpose? What's their meaning? Why, why are we here? Is it we're just here, live, have fun, die, and that's it? No, 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 no. There's a greater plan. And so we know that we have to ask ourselves, what's the reason why I get up every morning? What's the motivating aims? What's the priorities in my life? Purpose can guide life's decision, influence behavior, shape goals, offer a sense of direction, and create meaning. But we can have a purpose based on a whole lot of things. For one, we put all of our purpose, which is connected with our vocation. That means what we do in life, our career. And so instead of finding our significance, our worth, and the purpose that I'm part of a bigger plan, but we find, we go and we find our worth and our significance in the vocation that we're doing. We put all of our stock in it. We put all of our energies in it to find out that it really truly isn't part of what God is doing. How many times have we made decisions on assumption? Because we think this is our purpose in life when we haven't even checked out what is God doing in that time, in that place. For, for us who believe, it's more than about God's plan for our lives. I keep on telling you guys, I do my 5%. I have a plan for my life. God has a purpose, a specific purpose. And I go through that grid every time I make decisions, every time I make a choice, every time I'm about to move in a direction, I ask God, God, what's your specific purpose in this? You know, you and I are going through all different things today. You would agree with me no matter what you're going through. If we don't have that bigger picture, there's a story behind this and it's God's story and he wants me to understand that he's already ordered my steps that requires trust doesn't it it requires a bigger avenue of oh this is what I'm going through no when I'm doing this it's because I fail to understand whoa there's a greater purpose have you ever done the tunnel vision oh I did it this week you know our problems come and that's what we do we do this I can't see anything but this you see, God wants us to remember there's a purpose for everything that goes through your life. 
And when I go like this and I ask God, what is it that you're trying to teach me? It changes the way I see. It changes the way I feel, the way I'm going to make decisions in that part. Sometimes it's an automatic change. Other times I got to go and seek him and pull away a bit and say, oh God, I'm, emotions are running high. I kind of blew it. I shouldn't have done that. But do you see, I just go back to God. Because you see, again, it's not about my failures or my mistakes. It's about his purpose. He wanted to change something in me using this circumstance. To know our purpose, we must first, first realize that God had a plan, that his, his plan was mapped out before the world began, and it was God's will that he would accomplish it and that he, it, would, it would be unchanging. Do we know that God is unstoppable, unchangeable, unmovable? <laughs> oh, we can say it. Say it again. Yes, we know this. We know this. But our hearts betray us. Our hearts, when we're stuck in a situation, we don't believe that he's unchangeable. We don't believe that we're part of a bigger plan. We just make it about the here and now. And God is trying to tell us, I made a plan. Isaiah 14 really strengthens that understanding. Verse 24, 27, it says, the Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so shall it be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will, and who will annul it? You see, we, we give way too much power to our circumstances. We give way too much power to people, to what, what has happened in our past, to disrupt what God wants to do right now in our situation. He says, his hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? See, God's ultimate plan is the advancement of his kingdom. Daniel 2.44 says, In the time of those kings, the king of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another person. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them down to an end, and it will itself endure forever. Which kingdom is he talking about? The kingdom of Christ. The kingdom that comes because Jesus did exactly what God asked him to do. Redeem humanity to him. Why? It's because this was part of his plan. His plan was to have a love relationship with humanity. It was a free gift that he was offering us, and this is what he says in Ephesians 2.8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God. And then he goes on. His plan, too, is that we grow in the knowledge of his uh, the knowledge of, of the Lord. And so he says, I'm going to sanctify my children through the Son, through Jesus Christ. And he goes on and he says in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in doing what he promised. The way some people understand, uh, doing, uh, understand slowness, but God is being patient with you. He does not want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and live. This is God. You see, he has a purpose for why I'm going through what I'm going through right now. But if I forget his plan, if I forget it's part of a bigger story, that this is just a little rung in that story, if I forget what's going to happen is I'm going to focus on the dot. 
I'm going to focus on the pain. I'm going to focus on the situation and forget that God has a purpose. Then he goes on, not only will I pull you out of darkness, bring you into light, give you a deep connection with me, I'm going to actually help you to practice good deeds. Ephesians 2.11 says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. How many times do I hear it from people? Oh, God can't use me. I'm just horrible. I always fail at him. Beloved, it really has no, no measure. Really, he says, whatever I've planned, you cannot annul it. Not even in your foolishness. I am so glad. Are you glad? In our foolish, stubborn pride, God says, Mona, my plan will prevail. But I need you to come my way. Stop thinking of God's plan for, our, for your life as a separate plan from his will for his kingdom. They are the same. The question is, do we pursue his plan and purpose above our own? We have purpose. We, and we sometimes put it in the wrong things. We have plans. We sometimes put it in the wrong things as well. So we need to ask ourselves, do we pursue his plan and purpose boldly, steadily, and determine until we become exactly what he wants us to be? See, when I go through my things, there are times you can ask my kids. I'll do the tunnel vision like everybody else. I'll do the ostrich. I'll withdraw. <laughs> I'll sleep. And fast. I'm fast to really recuperate. Why? Because God says it. If I actually look to him and ask him, God, what is it that you're doing? And I believe that he's actually doing something in my life. I believe that nothing can derail what he's doing in my life. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to trust him instead of trusting the things of my life or trusting the people. Because people, I'm sorry, but we're not infinite. We can't understand everything. And so I will disappoint you, and I will fail you. But that's where grace comes in. This is where we say, oh, God, you know, I'm just going to give her grace. She was nasty, but I'm going to give her grace today. I'm going to walk in your will when it comes to her. See, an intentional life is about one of purpose, one of dis uh, discipline, and one of vision. Vision is looking at, okay, God says that he is going to restore my family. Oh, I remember, you know, when I was, uh, my kids were in their teens. You know, they, 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 they checked out, beloved. They, they, they jumped boat. They went away from the Lord. And I, I couldn't see any purpose in that. I was so, I was so anxious and stressed. I'm saying, God, where is your plan in this one? You you know, God, I have loan. I've done all that you've asked me to do. I can't understand. And my kids would say it all the time. Mom, it wasn't because of you. We made this choice. We want to go this direction. I'm going, why? It doesn't make any sense. And so here, seven years goes by, nine years goes by, and God kept on saying, I will restore what the canker worm has eaten. Do you believe it? Yes. I will bring them back to their borders. I will pluck them out of darkness, and I will actually cause them to know my will. Do you believe it? Yes. And there are things in our lives we do not understand. And I think when we're not intentional in pursuing God's plan and purpose, we're intentional in other things. There's a quote that says, There is often much activity, but little or no progress in our lives. 
for all the busyness in many of our lives, we should ask this question. Is there a purpose for it? Is it advancing the kingdom? I couldn't see the purpose. I couldn't. I couldn't see what God was doing. But I recognize that God can and will do what he says he would do. So I stayed the course. I believe by faith God would do an amazing work. And I'm here to tell you, if you have children that are wayward, believe that God has a purpose even in their waywardness. He is not limitless. Nothing is too hard for him. God's purpose gives meaning to life and the ability and the authority to say, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing at this particular moment. I knew what I was doing at that particular moment. And as the years went on, I stuck, still stood the course because I knew there was a purpose, even though I did not understand. So the question we need to ask ourselves here this morning, what's your unique purpose in God's big story? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I would be hard-pressed here this morning to find any believer who hasn't wrestled with this search of unique purpose. All of us, we've questioned it. Am I right? Yeah. Some wonder if they're called, if they're being called to a particular vocation, a career. Some are, are, are wondering if family structure needs to change or God has to do something there. Some of us, is, are we supposed to be in full-time ministry? Others are searching for insight to help them make the next step, next decision. Sometimes they've hit a multiple roadblocks. Have you hit roadblocks before? Oh, if you haven't, I'd like to know how you survive without hitting them because there is a lot. And we need to examine that direction for sure. While these questions should be prayerfully considered, the concept of purpose within the kingdom is actually very, very simple. If you only get this today, I'll be happy. Are you ready? This is, this is what purpose with the kingdom means. Your purpose, and it's the same for every, every believer, your purpose in God's story is to let Jesus live his life in you and through you. Wow, that's not really complicated. Your purpose in God's story, you're in God's story, beloved, is to let Jesus live in you and through you. First, we have to let Jesus in. After that, we have to learn how to let him live in us and through us. What a relief. Because you see, the work of fulfilling that purpose on earth is not me getting more of God but allowing God to get more of me. That's the key. It's not about amassing knowledge. You guys can amass a whole lot of knowledge, but if God doesn't get a hold of you with that knowledge, then it's flat. You flatline. How do, you, do we embark upon a journey of letting Jesus live through us? Well, you'll have to come back week after week because I'm going to do that as the weeks go on. And I will answer that question. But first, today, we must understand how we will accomplish this purpose in God's story. We need to remember our purpose is to let Jesus live in us and through us. And how does he do that? Well, he orchestrates events. My son's leaving. He orchestrates events. My husband's sicknesses. He orchestrates event. My pain. He orchestrates event. My loss. You see? 
He orchestrates so his purpose will prevail within you. And the reason I know this is true is the word says this. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his what? Good purpose. But if we're not letting God in, if we're not letting Jesus work in and through us, a lot of these events will go unfinished. They will go not transforming us or changing us or advancing the kingdom. See, the power of God's grace and the Holy Spirit are alive in us. For those who call themselves Christians, we are born again, and the Spirit of Christ dwells within us. And so that grace and the Holy Spirit that lives in us, he transforms us and gives us the desire, and also he lets us see God's great power if we're looking. He gives us a new heart, a new mind to live for kingdom assignments and no longer for foolish activity, earthly activities. I have come over and over and over again. I've realized there are certain things I've got to put away. Have you ever come to that? I've got to put away childish things. We can waste hours and hours to things that have absolutely nothing to do about God's purpose, about his big plan. See, Romans 8.28 says this, All things work together for good to those who love God and are called to his purpose. See, we know that not, not all things are good that happens to us. I've just mentioned a whole slew of them. But in heaven's eyes, anything that strengthens your faith, changes your character, and gives you greater capacity to do goods, God's will, I think we win. Ephesians 1, 11 and 3, 11 says this, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. This is God we're talking about. Why do we misplace our confidence? Why do we cast our confidence things that are temporal? It's because we don't understand there was a bigger plan. There was a bigger purpose for our lives. We don't see the big story. We only see the dot. We only see the event. And God is asking us to look wide. He has a purpose for us. And he says in 3.11, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, God calls us to consider the greatness of his great purpose for our lives. He wants us to consider it today. He invites us to be part and to take our place in his amazing story. Many of us refuse to take our place. And you're going, no, no way. I'm going to take my place. But do you know what? Every time you say no to God, what are you doing? Every time you stubbornly refuse to obey, what are you doing? I'm not, I'm not upset, but I need to tell you that the reason that God's will doesn't prevail in your life is because somewhere you're saying no, no, no. Or you're putting in other standards. God, I love you. Yes, you exist. I love the big story. But I want to do this. And I'm going to continue to do this because, you know, it makes me happy. I'm sorry, God. God is not a man that he should lie. When he speaks, that means his word doesn't go void. I want that word to stay over me. I want it to bring transformation. I want it to, that, that it works through me into the ones that I love. You see, when we make it about the wrong things, then we don't, we're not used of God. You know, a lot of us, our marriages are broken. Why? I can always trace it back. 
why there's certain reasons, certain things that have happened between me and my husband over the years, I can always trace it back to my stubbornness, to my inability to see the bigger story. It's always about me. It's my story, not God's. We don't say it, but that's exactly what we do when we choose to do things that are according, against his will. He invites us to be part and to take our place in this amazing story. And the reason we are not taking our place is because we choose not to. That's called free will. See, there's a quote. I want to put it up here. It says, our wills determine whether or not God's purpose is accomplished in our individual lives. See, that's why God hates pride and rebellion. See, pride keeps us in a place of control. Rebellion keeps us unteachable. Joshua 24, 15 says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. There are people who will never accept Jesus as Lord. And it will be a will decision, not an emotional decision. It will be a will decision. There are some here as Christians who will remain spiritually immature because they refuse to line their lives up to God. God has already decided that you're going to be more than an overcomer. God has already decided you are going to be free. God has already decided that he wanted to use you for a greater plan than yourself. He's already decided. But when we keep on choosing the path that we take without understanding there's a bigger story going on, then we will never accomplish those things that God puts before us. In the Christian life, a lot of people start off well, but unfortunately, very few finish well. You see, that's one of my biggest. I, I know God has a purpose in my life, but I'm intentional in my life. Why? An intentional life is about purpose. It's about discipline. It's about vision. And when I'm, I'm doing my intentional life, I make sure that I protect what God has given me. Has he not put a great deposit in me? Has he not put a great deposit in you? Why would you mar it by embracing the enemy's lies? Why would you say no to God when all God wants to do is lift you up and exalt you? Why would you say no to this? It doesn't make any sense then you will make it about your story and never about God's story. And trust me, beloved, you will be filled with unbelief, with the doubts that you will be tossed to and fro, and you're going to be blaming and excusing and just doing all of that stuff because you never realized God gave you a free will to choose him or not. He gave us a free will. So what do I mean about finishing off well? I mean, identifying our God-given direction. I have a direction in my life. It has nothing to do about this platform. I love being here. I, I, I love when Timothy says, study yourself, approved. I, I, I study the word. I seek God. I, I stay away and be quiet when I need to be quiet. I'm intentional in protecting my disciplines in the morning. Why, beloved? Because I, I'm part of a bigger story. And that bigger story is so much better than my story. 
And yet God is going to use all that. But this is what I mean. I want to finish off well. So I need to identify God-given direction and life's purpose, looking to God to equip us to fulfill that purpose, and then enjoying the fruits that come as a result. See, the Word of God is part of that equipping. The Holy Spirit is part of that. You see, God gives us a common will and a uh, common or general will or specific will. Common general is about his word of God, this here, all right? It is revealed, it is clear, and it's available. And so we are to walk this. This is his will. It's his plan that we line ourselves up to this word. Why? Because it gives us protection. Why? It gives us freedom. Why? Because it shows us our next step. I'd be lost without this word. But our specific will is the things that God has called out to do. What I'm doing this morning, he's called me out to do this. Isn't this wonderful? What a privilege when God gives us opportunity to serve him in every level of our lives. But you see, you can never walk in the specific will if you're not willing to walk in his common will. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Many of the things are not happening in your life, in your marriage, in your family. It's not because God changed his plan or changed his purpose. It's because somewhere down the road, I made it about my life instead of his story. When our lives aren't transformed, when our attitudes, our relationships, our behaviors don't reflect what we confessed and believe, it is clear indicators that we're missing out on this bigger picture. So what's the antidote? We need to return to the foundation, foundational question about why we are here. What really matters? What is our destiny? Remember, your purpose in God's story is to let Jesus live, to live his life in you and through you. I'm coming to an end in about 40 minutes. No. Just wanted to make sure you're still here. Because I'm really hot up here. I'm really, I'm really hot. Really, just really hot. You gotta open some windows. <laughs> My goodness. You guys are not hot? Oh, thank you. I thought it was just me. I thought I was on fire up here. No, it had nothing to do with it. I'm just hot, all right? And so we need to open the windows as I'm speaking. Please do so. All right. Let me show you Chip Ingram's quote. It says here, As you let Jesus live through you and as you grasp your place in God's bigger story, you remember, this is grasping. I'm grasping my place. I'm sorry. That's what I do every day intentionally. God, let me grasp my place. In God's bigger story, your transformation is both taking you back to that your original purpose and unique purpose and forward into eternity. See, one day I am going to face up to my king of kings, but because I made it about his story, I have no worries about being ashamed, being before my king. I have a whole lifetime to practice this, beloved. Do you want to follow me? Do you want to practice this? So what stops us from letting Jesus living through us, from grasping our place in God's bigger story? Well, we're afraid. Fear. Pride, rebellion. But fear is the biggest one. We're afraid of risk. It's because we don't know him. Our father loves us. And he's already said, nothing could prevail, Mona. 
But if you believe that they're bigger than me, then you will stop and you will not be in my story. I'm asking you to lift up your head. Recognize who I am. And nothing that confronts you on a daily basis can be bigger than your God. And he says, this is what I saw. And it says this little quote, risk aversion derails our purpose. Risk aversion derails our purpose. Now, let me show you a little bit of an example. When we were young in our faith, do you remember when you were young in your faith and desperate to live life according to God's ways? We'd read our Bible and we'd do what it said. Do we not? We would read and say, yep, God told me to let go. I'm going to let go. Yep, God told me to forgive. I'm going to forgive. Yep, God said uh, love, and I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And so we do it because we just get so happy, and the grace of God is there, and we feel it. But what we're doing right now is this, when we do, we would see God show up, wouldn't it? We would be transformed. We would change. We would see things change in our environment, and it was wonderful. But when believers start experiencing a comfortable life with more at stake, it's easy to become risk averse. Times of blessing and ease can actually squash zeal and derail intimacy with him because true obedience and following might get uncomfortable. You see, when we are asked to let go because you see there's a greater story and we don't do it, we are derailing God's purposes in our life. In an attempt to improve the situation, we sometimes take matters into our own hands. When we start scrambling to make things work out better and beckon God, you just join me where I am, God. This is where it is. You know, I believe that you're going to join me. And God says, hey, what am I asking? And most of the times, we just don't want. We don't want to show up. You see, the things that we do decide to do, without God, it might give us a little bit of comfort for a time and a season, but when we look back, we will lack purpose, we will lack passion and influence. So we're usually weighed down. Let me show you what we're weighed down. We're weighed down in fear. You and I are both at risk of becoming nice, moral, religious people who miss what God called us to do in life. God has shaped and prepared you to play a unique role in each step of your story. You have a design that God wants to give you so that you can bring glory to him, share his grace with others, and extend the reign of God. You know, sometimes we, it's just because we just make it about our story, we forget that every opportunity he puts before us, every person we get to sit down with, every person we could serve, it's about a bigger story. Understanding your unique de destiny starts with understanding what the Bible is saying about your purpose. Life does not always go the way we plan or want it. Would you agree? I could write a book. But when we have a defined purpose in life, we can hold steady during the trying times of storminess and doubt. And that's the only reason I have been able to do so. And I ask God for the grace to continue to do it until I have my last breath. Because I want people not to see a reflection of a weak gospel, but a reflection of a powerful gospel. I want people to understand that my God doesn't actually go against his word. His promises are yea and amen. He never changes. But people will see what I believe through my life. And for me, I have to be intentional because my God gave me everything. He held back nothing. And I will not hold back nothing for him. 
Purpose is a guide to keep you on course and to ensure we are focusing on the right things. Knowing your purpose helps you keep you on track. It allows you to ignore the things that, are easily, that easily distract you and take your attention away from the things that really do matter. Next week, we're going to be talking about how we settle for less and how we develop an intentional life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Today was about foundation. Today was about us recognizing that God had a plan and a specific, specific purpose for each and every one of us in the grand scheme of things, his story. Do you want more than what you have? Are you excited about your life? Or do you feel as if you're merely existing, drifting along from day to day without any sense of purpose and direction. Can we be honest today and confess that because of our risk aversion, because of our fear, because of our pride, because of our rebellion, we have made life about our story and not his? That's where we start. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion. See, that's why I never make it about my failures or my mistakes or how much I trip over things. I don't make it about that. I make it right off the bat. God, what are you trying to teach me on this one? This is an ouch moment for me. I had several ouch moments last week. How about you? Have you had ouch moments? Mm. Let's make it about his story, beloved. Let's make it about him wanting to complete something in you. He will never give up on me, and he'll never give up on you. This gives me tremendous assurance and an ability to trust the things I don't see. Amen? Amen. God operates in an intentional manner, and I believe our lives will be better lived if we do the same. Do you need to start a relationship with God? If that's your beginning today, if you have never given your life over to God, that's where you need to start. God's purposes will prevail in your life, but you first have to turn to him. And you have to acknowledge that you have sinned, and there's nothing you can do to fix it. Only Jesus does it. So then you believe in what Jesus has done for you. He forgave you of your sin. He made you right with God. And now he's going to give you a new life so that while you're waiting to get to heaven, he's going to give you the power of his word and the Holy Spirit to bring you forward in purpose. But you have to confess him as Lord. This is where we get it wrong most of the time. We still want to be in control. But when we are in control, that means we're not letting his word nor his spirit lead. And it's only in that measure that we walk into the specific call that God has for us. Do you need to renew a relationship with God today? Each of us has a call from God to make a significant impact, we have to stop listening to the accusations of the enemy, beloved. We have to stop letting our past dictate how we go forward today. There's a time when we say, God, you said it, therefore it is. I'm going to trust you. Hallelujah. We are at a pivotal moment in history, beloved. 
we have to understand who God is. We all have a purpose in this life. The question is, will you answer it? Many of us have been down that road of roadblocks. Many of us have seen ourselves regret things that we have not done well. And we've let the enemy cause us to always focus on the things we don't do well. Have you ever been there? And we forget those little steps that we have done well. Those little steps that make us a part of his story. Let's reach out to him today. If you need to make a decision, come on up while we sing. If you need to renew your relationship with God and say, God, I'm here today, then let's use this time to do so. For those that have to leave, leave gently and quietly in the back. But if you want to stay and sing this song and sing the other song as we leave and depart today, if you have things that you want to discuss with God between you and God, then do so. Because you haven't heard this message for nothing. It's not an accident. You were meant to hear this. Hallelujah. Just what comes up in my heart this morning is just a thankful heart that God never gives up on us. We can leave with that thought that he does have a plan and a purpose for you. Don't let anything or anyone rob you of it. But we do have choices, don't we, beloved? Oh, God, I thank you so much. I thank you, God, that you are faithful and true to your word. You're faithful and true to your who you are. You are consistently consistent. Oh, God, you are merciful and compassionate. You are forgiving, and God, you are honoring, Lord, as we speak and walk your, your word. God, you are all that we need. You are enough for us, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, that you would just bring us along and teach us how to walk according to your story, not our own. God, I thank you for what you have brought today, and I ask, Lord, that it would just find a home in the hearts of your people. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 May God go with you. Thank you for coming out.